Try the veal, uh, or maybe maybe the lobster. Uh, menus in restaurants, they are many things, a collection of what's available to you at that moment, obviously. They're also a reflection of, of that restaurant's location, of trends, of the availability of ingredients, of, of the time in which that menu was compiled. Here's an extraordinary study. Scientists have studied restaurant menus in Vancouver and and beyond there to uncover whether changing seas, perhaps climate change, is reflected in the food that ends up on those restaurant plates. Ian Rose uh, is a writer based in Portland, Oregon. He is a birder. His natural habitat is around the Columbia River estuary, the Bering Strait. He's a man of, of science and the outdoors. Uh, he has followed this, this study with interest. Ian, welcome. Thank you. This is an extraordinary piece of research. Just walk us through some of the numbers in this study. Yeah, so there's this research team up at the University of British Columbia in Canada that's called the Changing Oceans Research Unit. And they have been studying for years the ways that the ocean is changing, um, how climate is affecting things like fisheries and creatures in the ocean. But I think I, I wish I knew exactly where this idea came from, whether it was you know over, over beers one night or something. But <laughs> someone on the team came up with this idea that you know we know the oceans are changing. We know the fish that we're catching in the oceans are changing. Can we see this effect in the historical record of, of restaurant menus? And I think at the time, they didn't even really know whether that historical record existed. And uh, it turned out that that it was a good hunch and, and turned into a really interesting study. That's a moment of extraordinary inspiration. I think your scenario may well, that, that rings true, does it not? Over some beers one evening, something like this I, I would come to happens, mind. <laughs> I think it happens quite a lot, yeah. But it was extensive, 362 menus spanning 1880 to 2021. That's, that's a remarkable piece of research. One of my first questions for them when I first heard about this was, was how did you get these things? You know, every city, but, but Vancouver in particular, in this case, has libraries and museums and historical societies. And, and one of the things they hold on to is, is these old restaurant menus. Really, these sort of history buffs have, have made this data available so that this research team can analyze it and have these findings. And why Vancouver? I think, you know, Vancouver is a really interesting place for this in a number of ways. And, and first off, it is absolutely a seafood city. You know, it's one of the, the capitals of the world for sushi, especially outside of Japan. Uh, it's got some of the highest concentration of sushi restaurants in the world. It's someplace that people really know for its, its fish and its seafood. Also, it, it happens to be in this sort of transitional zone where you don't have to go very far south to be in much warmer water and you don't have to go very mm. far north to be in much colder water. And so it, it's in an area where it doesn't necessarily take too much of a nudge temperature wise to make a big change in, in what's out there. And that's the interesting thing about climate change and, and sea temperature. It's not just some sort of blanket temperature of the ocean as a mass. It's it's shifting currents. It's the, the changing nature of temperature flows through oceans. It's really interesting. Exactly. Yeah. So, OK, take us back to 1880. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are we eating in Vancouver in 1880? I, I mean, I want to be clear that obviously between 1880 and, and 2022, a lot of things have changed. You know, in, in, in the 1880s, I think by necessity, most of that seafood would have to have been local. Mm. You know, you weren't able to ship in the, in the ways that we do now at the speed we do now. But what they found is that the menus were overwhelmingly cold water fish and, and species. There was salmon on every menu. There was things like crab on every menu and really nothing that you would associate with 
even kind of milder water in, in, in North America. You'd never see something like squid on the menu. You'd never see something that you'd be more, that, you know, that it really had no overlap with something like a menu in California. And recently that has certainly changed. Yeah, we'll throw that forward. So 1880, salmon, 2022 in, in Vancouver, we are eating what? Certainly there is still salmon on the menu. I don't want to say that you know, salmon is extinct from, from menus, but it's, it, it's a little harder to find and it's been joined by a lot of new things. Um, the big one that this study talks about is, is something that we call Humboldt squid. And it's a large squid, generally considered to be a California, mid-continent, West Coast American species. But it's something that is showing up as things like salmon are, are on the decline. You know, we, we, mm. we tend to hear a lot about the, the declines in species, but uh, there are also things that are exploding under climate change that are getting much more common. And, and squid is on that list. In this study of menus, how, how do we, uh, and I'm sure the researchers had method for this, how do we extract the possibility of food miles here, as you know, you say in 1880, that was not a possibility. We didn't have refrigeration. We didn't have things coming long distance, but now we do. How do we sift through this to exclude that as a factor? It's a tricky thing. Um, I think one of the ways to do it is, again, by looking at as, as wide of a sample as you can and understanding that it's always going to be a factor. But when you're looking at hundreds and hundreds of seafood menus, the average is is really what matters. And how did that trend emerge? What what was the broad finding here of the study? Well, I think what they were able to do is take each species of fish across all of these menus and across all of these years and assign them a an average temperature of the water that they tend to be caught in. Hmm. And so something like sockeye salmon that is in the in the rivers and, and ocean right by Vancouver uh, historically has one value and something like squid or something like rockfish would have a, a different value. And so that way, rather than comparing, it makes them able to you know, turn this into a set of numbers, which is what science is much better at than comparing you know, pieces of paper to each other. I was going to say, do we, do we have a sense in that? I mean, it's quite a span that we're talking about in the study. Do we have a, a sense of escalation in that? Yes. It's one thing to compare 1880 to 2022, but a lot of this has certainly happened in the last 40 to 50 years. The data is clear that the effects, and, and not only in this study, but it's, it's really a very consistent finding across climate science is that we are on of a lot of these effects where it's it's really accelerating. A restaurant that was a key to the study is a place called Notch 8 uh, on, on the water in Vancouver. Now, you you spoke to its executive chef. What did he tell you about the changing menu in, in that area? Yeah, uh, Chef David Bartras, who was a, a fantastic guy to interview, and I, I wish I could have put twice as much of the interview in that piece as I could. He grew up in Vancouver, has actually worked all over the world and, and came back to Vancouver as, as an executive chef. And he told me about growing up on and around fishing boats in Vancouver and you know how growing up he used to be out on, on salmon boats, learning how to cook up prawn and, and these things that were really how he learned to love food. And so his big concern, along with, you know, will he have things like sockeye salmon on uh, available to him mm. are, you know, will the next generation of, of people growing up in this area be able to have that same experience? Yeah. And, and that goes to, you know, the beauty of this as a survey that chefs, restaurateurs, especially in, in seafood, in a place like Vancouver on, on the water's edge, they are all about what is in their environment. They have this this immediate connection to what's there and a, 
an inquisitive foraging sort of approach to it. That's the genius of this. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's what drew me to it. You know, I, I look at a lot of scientific papers and, and frankly, a lot of them are very dry and hard to connect to. You know, I, I think something that appeals to me and, and has appealed to other people about this study is that it's the way that most of us interact most with the ocean is through food and through, you know, the, it's the way that we experience the oceans, the way that we experience places like Vancouver. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very personal face to climate change. And this, there's that, that sense of, uh, of loss that the chef, Mr. Barsh's that you, you refer to at, at Notch 8. I mean, there's, there's a wistfulness, there's a, there's a, a sense almost of grief in what he's saying. Yeah. I mean, I think he had a, an interesting point that, you know, when he thinks about what the, the menu and what the availability of food might look like in, you know, in 20 years from now, he's got mixed feelings about it because as a, as a chef and as a, you know, as kind of a, an artist with food, it's, it's interesting to work with different things. Of course. You know, it's, it's interesting to have to, to not necessarily cook the same thing every day, but on the other hand, to lose the, the sort of fundamentals, to lose the things that, that the city and the, and the place are, are really based on and known for is, is that's a, that's a tough trade to think about. And, and well, we, we mentioned salmon a bit in this conversation. In 2019, British Columbia, it's, it's lowest salmon catch in over 70 years. So something is happening out there. Yeah. I mean, the, the Fraser River in particular that, that runs uh, right next to Vancouver is historically just an absolutely abundant uh, salmon river. It's one of the great salmon rivers in the world, or it was. And frankly, it, it really isn't anymore. And I, I understand, you know, that gastronomy is not necessarily your long suit, but the <laughs> the restaurant menu in, in 10 or 20 years time in Vancouver, what's what's likely to be taking pride of place? You know, that was a question that I asked Dr. Chung, the, the lead author of the paper too. And, you know, he definitely expects the trends to continue. Uh, the warmer water species to become more and more uh, prominent things like sockeye salmon become rarer. The interesting thing is it you're likely to see things like squid on the menu. And I actually think it's, it's appropriate that things like squid are going to be on the menu. Mm. You know, the, the, the responsible choice and something that I was really impressed with the chef when I talked to him is that, you know, he, he had a, a, a very keen sense of the responsibility of, of restaurants and chefs and, and the responsible choice is, is to do creative things with what's there and not to necessarily try to catch the last of the less sustainable fish. Yes, there's a real responsibility there. And not only those, you know, unsustainable catch, but also in bringing things in over, over long distance. You know, the yeah. restaurant has a, has a responsibility to the broader situation that it's, it's, <laughs> that it is observing. It doesn't want to contribute to the, uh, the decline or the, 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 the warming of the sea. Absolutely. And that's something, you know, to, to get a little bit off topic, I talked to the chef about tuna. And that's a, a species that we don't really talk about too much in this study because it's, uh, it's, it tends to be more impacted by uh, fishing pressure than climate directly. But, but there's a lot of places in Vancouver where you can still get bluefin tuna mm. um, for sushi. And bluefin tuna is becoming just extraordinarily rare and, and therefore extremely expensive. And, you know, when I talked to him, the, the chef's, uh, Chef Barsher's menu was, did have a tuna dish on it, but it was very intentionally albacore. 
rather than bluefin because it's just it's just not a it's just a more responsible choice. And there is a there is a cruel perversity though in human tastes, is there not? As that something like bluefin becomes rarer and more expensive, then the desire for that among some people becomes greater. Absolutely, and I think you know that's where. The responsibility of people higher up in the sort of supply chain of food really, really comes in where, you know, it, maybe someone does want to go into a restaurant and, and order the last of a certain fish, but uh, mm. the it's the restaurant's uh, responsibility to just not have that on the, on the menu, frankly. That's a sobering thought, Ian, I wish to close, but but thank you. Thank you for the, uh, the original piece and, and for, for bringing that study to us. Thank you. It's, it's great to talk to you. That's Ian Rose, a writer based in Portland, Oregon. His piece, originally published by a magazine, Hakai, uh, you can spot climate change in old restaurant menus, picked up as well by the Atlantic website. And this is Blueprint on ABC RN. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.